Welcome to The Leadership Guide, the show that takes you from peak performer to legendary leader by helping you unlock your heroic potential to emerge into who you are meant to be. This show is not your typical show on leadership. We have real, raw, unplanned, and unedited conversations with individuals from a wide variety of industries and expertise to get into the reality of what leadership actually looks like in the world not just theories that you read about in books. We leave the conversations unedited because leadership is not about perfection. And because this show is unplanned, you get unique insights and you get to see a side of these individuals that they don't usually share anywhere else. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Dee Collins and discuss one of my favorite stories of legendary leadership, both in its power and simplicity what it takes for you to become a muscle memory millionaire and becoming rejection proof. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, founder of the Leadership Guide, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, and finalist for the Extraordinary Award for coaches with ideas that can change people, businesses, and the world for the better for my ideas on leadership. We are sponsored by KDDM Inc., your one-stop shop for growing your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll want to meet with my friend, Tony Kaufman, and her team at KDDM Inc. to help you clarify your message, get seen, get heard, and get sales. Because most entrepreneurs get stuck in the digital and social media world and don't know how to stop losing money and leads. KDDM Inc. is a world-class digital marketing agency that offers professional video production, amazing US-based virtual assistants and brings the best tools and resources in the industry for entrepreneurs with their done for you and done with you solutions. Thanks to KDDM Inc., more entrepreneurs are reaching their heroic potential. If you would like to be a proud sponsor of the Leadership Guide show, please go to www.theleadership.guide and fill out the contact us form we'll get in contact with you shortly. And don't forget, stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, on to the show. Hey, Dee, how are you doing today? Well, I am doing better now that I'm here with you. <laughs> oh, you, you flatter me. Absolutely flatter me. It's true, though. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here with you, though, because you are a phenomenal individual. Um, you were a part of my summit not too long ago, which we're, we're getting ready to release again, which I'm super excited for. And... Uh, you are just so full of knowledge, so full of passion, uh, and I'm excited to see where we rock and roll with things today. 
You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was on your Legendary Leadership Summit, I got the opportunity to speak on the day about um, creating or generating monumental uh, results. Yeah. And it actually, um, it actually triggered a spinoff. I had a summit at the end of October and it was the, because I love that word monumental, uh-huh. and it was the Monumental Monetization Masterclass. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so you got to be on the next one for sure. I will be there. You just tell me when it is and I'll definitely be in there. And, awesome. and you, you, you have mastered alliteration, the MMM. <laughs> That's funny. fantastic. I, it was only a one-day summit, and yeah. so I only had eight speakers, and that was including me. But if it had one after three days, by the third day, I don't know what my mouth would have been doing because <laughs> you know how many times I had to say that in the intro and in the outro. I was like, mm, 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 mm. And that's when I started saying that I abbreviated it as mm because the content was mm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that is why they made tea and water. Keep your throat nice and fresh. Oh, yes. Okay, so I have my gigantic hydro flask. I was actually just listening to a podcast like right before we jumped into this and they were talking about a hydro flask and I was kind of like I wonder what that looks like now I know what it looks like oh yeah well they have them in different sizes my son bought me this one he knows that I drink a lot of water but it's like so huge so it's funny because when I'm in the office and I go to refill it they're like what are you doing like throwing up a gallon jug with water (laughs) like yeah pretty much basically but hey you know you're hydrated Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So one of the things that you've recently done since the, since the release of the summit was you wrote a book and I've started reading it and it, it's been really exciting so far. So what's the name of your book and, and what was the inspiration for your book? Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad that you asked those questions as well. So my book is called Muscle Memory Millionaire, The Hidden Secret to Automating Your Success. You got that and alliteration again. Money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, money. The M's again, right? Yeah. You know, everything's mm, good. So um, <laughs> I, I love this book. I, I don't even know, like, the, the inspiration that came. I believe that all inspiration is divine from above. All the ideas and things that I get, I believe that they're poured into me from the heavens. And so I have to give credit where credit is due. Because I was Amen like, you of anything like this on my own this is this is so awesome it had to come from above uh, but you know I was just thinking uh, one day about uh, success and what it takes to be successful and all of the things that I've gone through in my life and and having to persevere and press on even when I've had failures even when I wanted to give up even when I didn't have the energy when I wanted to just you know, pull the covers over my head, pull the blinds closed and just lay in the dark or binge watch Netflix or something uh, until I couldn't binge watch anymore. And um, there were things that I had to do so that I could become successful. And then I realized that um, there was a trend and I wasn't the only one that was realizing this, that there are other, you know, mega entrepreneurs out there and everybody is like singing the same tune. You've got to create these habits, these habits for success. Um, the, you know, you have behind you on the wall, uh, the 17 principles of success. And then we have the seven habits of highly effective people. So I say, you know what, there's a thing to the habits. And it just kind of came to me, the muscle memory millionaire, the hidden secret to automating your success. 
And so we understand this principle of muscle memory of things that we do or we learn to do automatically because we've done them so many times. So have you ever like uh, driven home and you didn't even think about where you were driving, but you just looked up and then you were at home. It's like you were on. Yeah, I just did that. I just did that coming back here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's a real thing. And so muscle memory is huge with surgeons and surgeons once they do a surgery so many times, they can actually do it blindfolded because their hands automatically know where to go and it's that muscle memory. And so what I did with this book was I took the principles of muscle memory or the concepts of muscle memory and applied it to success. So that if you begin to do um, a certain thing that leads you closer to success, every single day and you begin to create these habits and do these things every single day one day you're going to wake up and you're just automatically going to do them and that's why it's the hidden secret to automating your success because it is your your uh, success muscle memory that's going to turn you into a muscle memory millionaire so also in the book i also profile in addition to everything that i teach and i'm super excited because i'm getting ready to release a revision of the book where i have actually Uh, included an additional five chapters on top of the content that I already have and it's like 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 super dope (laughs) content I mean it's like really really juicy good Um, like you're not going to want to miss it I'm super excited I can't wait to release that revision but I also profile seven millionaires in the book that I interviewed to ask them about what they did what set themselves apart to become seven-figure earners and to achieve the level of success that they've achieved. So you get to hear personal, individualized stories of what people went through, what they did, their struggles and their victories, and um, just motivation from marvelous mentors that are out there. Absolutely. Um, This is like a a, a divergent for me real quick, but you you were talking (laughs) about the surgeon. I I was reading this story the other day I don't remember exactly where it was, but there was this research team that was basically out in the middle of nowhere. We're talking like, I I don't remember if it was like Antarctica or somewhere way up north. It it was basically somewhere very icy where there was not going to be any help coming anytime soon. And Mm -hmm. the the team had assigned one surgeon, right? Who was on there. So like if anything, like, like somebody had, um, had to get like a foot removed because of hypothermia they had the surgeon there basically to, to okay. fix up anything that could go wrong. And during the, during the middle of this, this trip, um, the, the surgeon starts to have signs of appendicitis. Like he knows what oh the signs gosh. are. Yeah. No, no, no. It gets crazier. Hold on. Wait. So, so he knows what the signs are and he's like, yep, I'm about to have this. And if I don't remove this right now, I'm going to die. So he operated on himself. Like, how do you even do that? Uh, Right. And, and, and and like at first he, he was going to try and take like the medicine, the dole, the pain, Mm -hmm. but he, he couldn't do it. And so he, he basically just had to bear through the pain as he's operating on himself, uh, going through all the different things and he can't really see. So he has to do it all by feel. Whoa. And he, he removed his appendix, which if he wouldn't have removed it, I think within the next 24 hours, yeah. he would have been dead. Yeah, because it would have burst. And, but you know what? While you're talking, and I'm so glad that you took us on this little side journey, because what it made me realize is that sometimes during the course of our entrepreneurial journey, 
we are going to start to experience pain because something is wrong. And there can be something wrong in our business. There can be something wrong in our process. There can be something wrong in our marketing. Maybe we're not building the type of relationships that we need to build. Uh, maybe there's something else that's making our business not healthy. And as crazy as it may seem, we need to be able to stop identify what the problem is and sometimes as crazy as it may seem sometimes you're going to have to do surgery on yourself and the way that you do surgery on yourself is you cut out what doesn't need to be there and you're going to have to reach in and it may be painful because it's more comfortable to keep it it's more comfortable to stay the same way but remember the saying that says that if you want something that you've never had you have to do something that you've never done because if you keep doing what you've always done you keep getting what you've always gotten mm -hmm. so you know what Come on, we're all turning into surgeons right now, and we're just cutting out those things that are not good for us. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. Now, what I'd love to hear is a time in your life where that's happened, where you, you felt like something was wrong, and as you diagnosed it, you're like, this is what I need to surgically remove from my life, from my business, so that I can you know, continue to live. Oh, my goodness, um, so many things, like my whole life story, <laughs> but um, I will tell you this, I, I felt so many times, I began to think I would never be successful, and so I just began to think something's wrong with me, because I really felt like I had good ideas, I was, you know, a very positive person, very motivated, and I was just like, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, you know, how much can you take? And I was just like, if, if I am doing something wrong, what is it? The thing is, is that one of the things that I had to remember is another saying that I love is that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that you see that are super mega successful, it didn't just happen overnight. It never you know, happened overnight. Yeah, they had a long span of time where they went down into, they had mountains, they had valleys, they went through different trials, they doubted themselves, they might have been broke and, you know, not had enough money to pay their bills. But, you know, those are the stories that success is made of because I found out that failure is an absolute prerequisite to success. So any type of success you experience or great success, um, there was some type of failure that preceded that. So this is what I had to do because I told you about, you know, so many times like I wanted to give up because I got discouraged and, you know, people were telling me, you know, you just can't give up, you know, it's going to happen for you. Just keep on going. And I was like, you get to the point where you're like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to give up. And I know everybody's telling me to hang in there, but the reality of it is, is that when the doors are closed and you're there by yourself, and you begin to wonder if I have failed this many times, there's no way that success is ever going to come to me because how long am I supposed to hold out? And then I almost gave up, Cody. And then I remembered, um, right before I was about to give up, I remembered that Steven Spielberg got rejected from film school three times. And he's like one of the greatest filmmakers that has ever lived. And then I started thinking some more and I realized that Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, everybody's got some Jordans now. And, you know, we know the whole slam dunk thing with the tongue hanging out. And he's like one of the greatest basketball players in the world, you know, yeah. in history. And then I was thinking um, about the story that I heard. And I was so glad I heard the story. And I had no idea that when Colonel Sanders was 65, he was going to commit suicide that he was broke, 
that he was a failure, he had a failed marriage, he had a failed career. He was 65 years old and he was gonna kill himself, but he didn't and he died a billionaire. And that's when I said, you know what? It's never too late. So I forced myself to get up when I didn't wanna get up. I put as many positive things in my ears as I could. You know, I got all types of like inspirational videos and different mentors teaching on different things. So what I did to improve myself was I walked in the, the footsteps of other people who had already been successful. And I said, you know what, they must have been through something to get to the point of where they're at. And so I think they know something and I can learn something from them. So I filled myself up with all of these positive things. I got different instruction, I got mentors, I kept learning. So as I was working, I was learning and that was a continuous improvement process that brought me you know, to the point where I am now. As a matter of fact, um, I also heard something like Babe Ruth is known as the strikeout king. Yep. I mean, he was known as the home he's run He's the home run but king, but he's also right. the strikeout king. Yeah. So then I was like, man, you got to be willing to swing more than anybody else to knock it out of the park as the go-to authority in your niche. And so like I, I published this book, Muscle Memory Millionaire. I had already published five or six other books. None of them really did anything, but this book hit the number one Amazon best-selling spot. And in 2019, I became a three-time Amazon number one best-selling author. What if I had given up? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> That, that that's one of the things that I've heard, especially within the publishing world, is that almost nobody's first book ever succeeds, and that it mm -hmm. usually takes more than one book to actually find success as an author. It's very rare for someone's first book to succeed, and usually, if if their first published book, quote unquote, does succeed, they've had failures that didn't succeed before the book was actually published. Right. Well, this was actually my first business book. My other books were inspirational books. They were poetry books and, um, you know, just different types of books like that. This was my first business book and it was so exciting to me because actually I found out and that's uh, another thing through uh, my learning and through different relationships. I learned a recipe for success on a book launch that I didn't know before and that can make all the difference in the world. So actually, you can come out of the box with your first book and become a bestseller right away, but you have to know what to do. And as part of what I help people do now, since I've experienced it and since I know what to do, I show them how to put together their launch team. I show them how to structure and schedule their book launch. I show them how to promote it so that when they release, they're set up for huge success. Which is awesome. And, and one of the, something that that makes me think of is that a lot of times we think that you can't have a first time success. And I think that's true unless you learn from the experiences of others. I think that's right. the key there. You, you took the experience of someone else, you let them fail, and that allowed you to have the success you had because you took the, the lessons from those failures. Well, you know, they say that uh, the best way to make it through a minefield is to step in the footprints of someone who has walked through it. So if you don't want to get blown up, step in those footprints of someone who's done it successfully. 
Absolutely. And I, I mean, look at any major excavation. No, 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 you're good. You're good. But like any major excavation, that's the same thing. Like you, if, if you want to climb Mount Everest, you go with a guide. Why? Because the likelihood of you surviving Mount Everest on your own is highly unlikely because there's so many conditions that you don't know about. There's parts of the mountain that you can't see that a guide has learned over the years. And if you don't have that guide there with you, it's almost impossible to succeed, period. Whether it's, at, whether it's like at climbing Mount Everest or whether it's in business. That's true. Like last year I was at this conference and I was like, you know how sometimes you'll go to like these three-day events and they'll have something the night before for like the VIPs or mm -hmm. like an evening training session before the, the uh, actual um, event starts. And so there was this lady there. I don't even remember her name, but she was like, well, I don't remember like how she was, maybe 89, 90, something like that. Well, anyway, like at 87 years old or something like that, she like successfully climbed like Mount Everest or something. And I then, think um, I actually just recently had a to uh, yeah. conversation with Tony. No, and Tony's talking about oh. the same woman. I think Tony said it was Mount Kilimanjaro, oh, which yeah. is it's still, which is absolutely phenomenal. But, but I mean, well, first of all, like at 80, whatever, yeah. and I'm like having trouble going upstairs. And I'm like, you know, like if I have to climb three flights, like my daughter lives in an apartment on the third floor and I complain when every time I go visit her and, and I'm like this lady was 80 something years old she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and and then she heard that somebody older than her did it so at the event she was like I can't stay long and she had her guide her trainer with her and everything because she was getting ready to go the next week and climb it again so that no one would beat her record oh that's Ooh. awesome she's 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 one of my new heroes. I don't know her. I want to meet her. She's one of my yes. new heroes, though. Absolutely. Yeah, no excuses. No excuses. <laughs> exactly. And, and I, it, you're, you're so right. We shouldn't have excuses. There are, mm -hmm. there, there's a Chinese proverb. Uh, oh, what, how does it go? Um, oh, sugar. Uh, don't. What's that? It's about excuses. It is about excuses. Hold on, I got it on my phone. It's only going to take me two seconds. I got it. Hold on, I got it. I got it. The person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the person doing it. <laughs> Get out my way. Exactly. Get out of my way. Exactly. And there are so many people doing it. That's the thing. We're in a world right now where it's unprecedented the amount of things that were quote unquote impossible that people are just proving, no, watch me do it. And then they do it. I mean, right. in, in the past two decades, I mean, people have literally hopped over the Great Wall of China with a skateboard. Mm, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And and, you know, and it's just like, uh, also like the saying, because I'm like full of sayings and I even come up with some of my own. Well, one I was going to say while you were looking that up, but you're so yeah. quick, was um, don't make excuses, make progress. Yep. And um, I love the one that says, uh, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you are right. So I, I think that's, that's really important that we do um, believe in ourselves. And you know what? You don't have to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, but, you know, go climb the hill down the block. I mean, you could just start 
by um, you know getting up earlier. You can start by setting goals and, and achieving goals. These are all like little hills and mountains and things that you know we experience in business along the way. Absolutely. And, and going off of that, one of the things you talked about earlier was basically the compound effect or habits, right? And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what book you're talking about. You've got like the slight edge right here by Jeff Olson. You've got the compound effect by Darren Hardy. You've got the one thing by, um, by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. They're all talking oh, about how <laughs> that's okay. I'll keep going. Cause I know you can hear me. So, so within all of these books talking about habits, uh, one of the most important things is that what makes habits really work is that it's the small steps done every single day that allows the habits really to succeed at the highest levels. So yes. like there you millionaire success habits. Exactly. Yes. Um, this is what I, wrote, I read a long time ago. Nuts. Yes. It's nuts. <laughs> Southwest Airlines. And this guy is so crazy. I don't even know really how to pronounce his name, but rejection, rejection proof. proof. Ooh. I heard him speak live. And his story is amazing. Like he um he had actually something to happen to him in his childhood and it really gave him an internal fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And so it was like hindering him in life. And I mean it's just a huge story. You just gotta get it. But he set out on this quest to like get rejected by as many people as possible. And he just started making these crazy requests. And then people started saying yes (laughs) to things he never thought they would say yes to. So it was wonderful. I think, I think there is basically this tipping point that happens with rejection where you actually begin to, to have a confidence going into everything because the rejection doesn't have any power over you anymore. And when yes. you come into a scenario with that kind of confidence, where it's all like, go ahead, say, no, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. People start to like, they really envy that. And they're like, this guy or this gal, like they've got something. And because, right. because of that confidence they come into the situation with, they're like, I think we can make this work. Where usually so many people are terrified of rejection. And there's so many reasons for that, whether it's our love lives, whether it was our education, whether it was our parents, a combination of these things that, that led to so many people being afraid of rejection that there are very few people that kind of go into those situations with that kind of confidence. Like if you say no, oh well, but here's what I'm saying and I say, let's do it, right? And if you can do that, all the power that that has over people is absolutely amazing. It's, it's incredible, and it is very, very powerful, and it reminds me, like, recently, I, I speak in front of all types of audiences, and I was recently um, speaking in front of an audience of about almost 400 people, and it was just funny because I just wasn't my normal self on that day. Like, I had, like, barely any sleep, you know, like, I had, like, an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep. I hadn't had any food. Um, and it was just, it was just crazy. So I did something I don't normally do, but I got up in front of the audience because I had this message to deliver that was just very non, it was a very non-traditional message and I didn't know how it was going to be received, but I just felt like it was what the people needed to hear. So I got up and I basically said, Hey, I'm, I'm running on barely any sleep. (laughs) I haven't eaten. 
And I said, and I have nothing to lose but my life and that already doesn't belong to me. So get ready, you know, like basically <laughs> buckle up. And the yeah. people were, you know, they were like that. And so then I was like, just, you know, gave it to them. And I cannot tell you out of the hundreds of times that I've spoken in front of audiences, I like, I've never gotten a response like I did from this. I mean, people were coming up to me in the parking lot, thanking me, saying, man, it was so real. Man, I needed that. Man, my heart was broken and healed all at the same time. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, when you've got nothing to lose, you're a dangerous person. <laughs> Absolutely. Only in the direction of your purpose. Exactly. And I, I think that's actually a huge lesson, which, which is part of learning why failure is so important, is that you can come back from any failure. You can lose everything and you can come back even better. Absolutely. You always get better. Um, it always makes it better. I, I remember something that one of my mentor uh, said to me recently. He said, bad things or things that you've gone through, they didn't happen to you. They happened for you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm an absolute uh, believer that the things that we go through, especially the most difficult things, that they do make us better. It's just like, that's why, you know, diamonds are made from coal. They just don't start out as a diamond, but you got to go through some pressure to be brilliant. Absolutely. I'm 100% in alignment with that train of thought. <laughs> um, now, you wrote this book and you've written more for this book since you originally published it. What was something that you learned that you weren't expecting to learn going through the process of, of writing this book? Well, um, man, I just, I learned so much and I'm still learning. It's like every time I start writing, it's like this writing is coming out of me, but it's teaching me at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, I just keep getting new ideas. So I have to finish it at uh, the, this content that I finished, or this will be, you know, do you remember uh, Lamb Chop sing along? This is the song that doesn't end. Okay, they used to sing this song, and it was called The Song That Doesn't End. It just goes on and on, my friend. One day, some people started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that doesn't end. <laughs> it just keeps going. And it goes going over and over and over. <laughs> I feel like this book is because I feel like I can just write it forever. But um, what I learned from this experience is that when you make it up in your mind that there's something that you want to do, even if you've never done it before, if you make a conscious decision that you're going to do that thing, that you can do it. I also uh, learned from this experience just from the people that I interviewed that are a part of the book is that you never know who is willing to joint venture with you, who will work with you, who will uh, be a part of your project, who will support you, who will, you know, you know, celebrate you, because these are people I didn't know, like, um, one person that's in the book, I met them, it's a multimillionaire, and in less than a year, he was featured in my book, less than a year of knowing him, just because I had the courage to ask, because I said, you know, well, the worst that can happen is that he says no, but he might say yes, and that's why I say, you know, ask, go for it, do it, you know, and I ask these people to endorse me, I've gotten private invitations to go to private um, mastermind events that weren't even advertised to the public, they can only go if you're hand-selected and invited, and I was invited to come and share about this book 
to groups of millionaires and aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, and that's just the power of relationships, of networking, of, of daring to be bold, to have the courage to be the entrepreneur that you were born to be. Um, because we all have something inside of us to share with the world. And if we don't do it, that is like the most selfish thing ever because there's somebody that needs you for their success. Absolutely. And I'm, oh, and, and that's such a powerful thing to learn uh, is that you have value inherent in yourself. You may not have discovered what it is. You may be the diamond in the rough. It may be hidden in there, but you do have something inherently powerful within you. And once you understand what that is and you expose it to people, the, it's amazing how quickly your life can really turn around. Yes. And we have to learn to believe in ourselves because sometimes we have people that believe in us more than we even believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And those people sometimes are our mentors uh, so that they can get us to a point to where we start believing in ourselves and start doing what they already know that we can do. But I got to share this quote because I, I absolutely love this quote. And um, this was spoken by Edward Teller. He was an Hungarian American um, nuclear physicist that helped create the first atomic bomb. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So really quick side note, I'm part oh. Hungarian. My great grandmother oh, really? was full Hungarian. So anytime I hear about someone that was, um, that was from my, basically my roots, um, I get super <laughs> excited because you don't hear about Hungarians very often, but Hungarians have done some pretty amazing things. I know, right? And it's, it's so crazy because I will never forget um, we had a new student join my kindergarten class, like yeah. how many thousands of years ago that was, like in the Stone Ages, and he was Hungarian, and I still remembered him, his name was Mickey Molnar, and like all these years later, like 30 years, 40 years later, he's my friend on Facebook now. <laughs> like awesome. how crazy is that? Like yeah. the power of social media. Who would have ever thought I would have ever talked to Mickey Molnar again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's a was a hungarian american nuclear physicist yeah. that we're telling and this is this is what he said he said when you come to the end of all the light that you know and you're standing in the darkness of the unknown and it's time for you to step out into that darkness Faith is knowing that either one of two things shall happen. Either something solid will be provided for you to stand on in the darkness, or you will be taught how to fly. And I just thought that that is so powerful. And that's the kind of blind faith that we need when we pursue, you know, our purpose. Absolutely. And, and that right there is almost a, a summer summation of why faith is the first value of everything that I do. It's because there is that edge that you've never been to. And, mm -hmm. and people know where that edge is for themselves. We all know where it is. And the thing is, we can go so much further than that. But we can't make it further unless we have that faith that we can make it further. And you have to be willing to move forward. And when you Absolutely. do move forward, you discover just how far you were underselling yourself. Yes. And, you know, it's funny because I used to carry a notebook everywhere I went because I was always writing. 
but I never knew I would actually publish anything. Like when I was a little girl, actually I would go down into the basement of our house because I grew up in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. And I had a whole little book factory down there sitting at my dad's desk. And I, I remember like, this. I, I remember this from our conversation. This is beautiful. So keep going, please tell it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would take construction paper and make my covers and I would staple them together and I had little books. And my mom, like, she would always cheer me on. She was like, oh, you're so good. I love this or whatever. And, you know, but I was just a kid. And, of course, that's, what, you know, what a mom is supposed to do. But as I grew up, I kept writing. And my mom was like, man, this is, this is really good. Like, you should publish. And so I was like, really? So I said, okay, I will. Well, I went to college, graduated from college, never published. Um, you know, got my corporate jobs and everything. And, my mom come on saying, you need to publish, you need to publish, and I never did. And one day she got mad at me. Like, you didn't see my mom get mad, like, for no reason. If she got mad, there was really a good reason. And she was like, just give me your stuff and I'll publish it. And I was like, mom, calm down. I will do it. And I was like, jeez. And so um, one day, you know, like, she got this stomach ache and it, it wouldn't go away. And we didn't know what was wrong. We were back and forth to the doctor. Well, as it turns out, by the time they found out what was wrong, she was in stage four pancreatic cancer. And Cody, in six months, she was gone and I was devastated. Uh, not only because she was my best friend in the entire world, like I loved her so much and we were such, we were so close that when she died, I didn't know how to live. And I had to go through that whole thing to figure out how to live. But, you know, it was so disappointing that the first publishing job I got was writing her obituary because I was the writer in the family. So they asked me to write it and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Because she kept on telling me to publish and I never did it. So I, I jumped online and I immediately published a 5,000 word article online called pancreatic uh, cancer living from diagnosis to death, the diary of a cancer patient's daughter. And I just, blah, 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 you know, just yeah. every erupted all over the internet. And um, I didn't think anybody was going to read it. I just wrote it because I kept telling her I was going to do something with my writing and I never did. And so since this experience was so fresh, I went ahead and did that. And I put my phone number in the article. And one day I looked up and like 30,000 people had read this article. And I started getting calls all times of the day or night, calls from all over the world, the UK, the West Indies, all across the United States. I'm still connected to some of the people that called me from this article. And that's when it occurred to me that when my mom, you know, she recognized that I had a gift, but she was encouraging me because she realized that it was way bigger than me, that we all have something inside of ourselves that we are meant to share with others, even if it's only one other person. But we have to release that. We can't keep it to ourselves because that's selfish and it's preventing somebody else from becoming what they need to do or what they want to do. And I had published a collection of 200 poems, which was my first print book called Abstract Poetry for Life. And then I um, published a book uh, that helped people deal with the loss of a loved one. And that was when... I was um, really missing my mom bad one day, and I, I, I just wanted to talk to her so bad, but I couldn't, and so I was just thinking, and so I decided to send her an email, 
and it just said, I love you and I miss you. And so I'm like, do do do, you know, going on about my way. And about two weeks goes by and I'm checking my email and I look in my inbox and it's a response from my mom. And I'm like, what? So I open it up and it just said, I love you and I miss you too. And I was like crying. I was like paralyzed. I couldn't move. I did, you know, and then I thought, I was like, let me call my dad. So I called my dad. I was like, hey, dad, are you still checking mom's email? And he was like, no. I was like, don't you lie to me, dude. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. He said, I just, but I just felt like you really needed to hear that message. And I was like, I did. And it gave me the idea for a book called uh, Does Heaven Have a Post Office? Letters to My Dearly Departed Mother. And talking about all types of things that she taught me and things that happened since she had been gone. And then I opened the book up for other people to include letters to their lost loved ones. And people went, started going through this whole healing transformation process where they were still holding on to deep grief that was buried that they didn't know. So this is the power of a book. And I mean, your book, it doesn't have to be an inspirational book. It can be a how-to book. Maybe you have recipes in you and you have a cookbook. You might um, have a business book. You might have a children's book in you. I don't know what you have, but you have something. And, and I'm the person, like, I'm no Edward Teller. I don't know how to make an atomic bomb, but I can make you to bomb.com as an author. <laughs> I will tell you. Absolutely. So I'm going to let here with us some more before, you know, I'll tell you guys, you know, about I have some free gifts and, and I also have um, a course coming up. Uh, another course is going to be starting soon where, I show people how to self-publish in 60 days or less with global distribution. So go on, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so happy you told that story because that story has stuck with me since, since the moment you told it to me. And I still tell people mm. about that story because it oh, really? is so, yeah, wow. it's so powerful. And it's uh, one of the things that my work has revolved around is the concept of what makes a legendary leader. And mm -hmm. your mother was a legendary leader. She oh, may not gosh, have Lord. been the CEO of a major corporation and she may not mm -hmm. have created an atomic bomb and you know <laughs> she she may not have changed the the sporting world but she dramatically changed your life. And that ripple effect has gone oh. on to impact so many more people. Oh. And that right oh. there, that's part of the mm -hmm. definition of a legendary leader. And and so often we, we undersell ourselves at the, the capacity that we are able to change the world because we think mm -hmm. that we can only change maybe one person's life if we're lucky. But you never know when that one life that you changed ends up impacting millions of people. It is. I heard a story recently, and I can't even remember the lineup, but I think it starts with like a shoe salesman in Chicago that would just like minister to kids on the street and stuff like that. I, I don't even remember the whole story and I don't want to mess it up. But the thing is, is like, like that person led to somebody else and um, that led to them influencing somebody else and then they influenced somebody else. And then that person they influenced happened to, there happened to be this teenage boy that was at a meeting they were at and it happened to be Billy Graham. And then he went to like influence like a billion people, you know? And I was like, you know, just like that one person 
they they may not have felt like they were doing anything, but they were doing their thing, you know? And maybe that one word that they gave that one person sent that whole person in a whole nother direction that put them in contact with somebody else that changed the course of that person's life. So everything we do, it is like the butterfly effect. It does matter. And, you know, you, you just got to do it. I remember uh, Dr. Miles Monroe saying that uh, the greatest collection of untapped wealth and gifts is in the graveyard because mm-hmm. people take their gifts to the grave instead of doing it while they're here with breath in their bodies. And that's why like, I get so super excited over the definition of purpose because purpose is the reason why a thing exists. And so I tell people that, you know, like the purpose of a chair is to sit on it, the purpose of a vehicle is to take you from point A to point B, and purpose is the reason why a thing exists. So if you're existing, if you have breath in your body, if you're in existence, it means that you have purpose. And if you have purpose, you got to do something with it. I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is, but do something, you know, so... Absolutely. And on top of that, not only do you have purpose, but the people you lead have purpose too. Whether it's one person or a host of people, it doesn't matter. They all have purpose too. And if you can not only use your purpose, but help other people identify their purpose, like your mother did with you, helping Mm -hmm. you identify how you can live into that purpose, imagine how quickly we could change the world. Right. And she, um, she was a person that really taught me, you know, not to be judgmental, but to just to receive people in love because she, she did end up going, she opened up a restaurant and it was, it was like a nice cafe and it was connected to a boutique and it had a beauty salon in the back. And like every single person that works for her had an ex in front of their name. They were an ex something, you know, an ex gang member, an ex prostitute, an ex drug dealer, whatever. And all these people were working for her because nobody else would hire them, you know, like coming out of jail. And I mean, they would cut somebody for her. But, you know, there's this sweet little lady and she just had like a staff full of gangsters. But she just gave people second chances. They told her in the restaurant um, that it was against the law that she could not you know, take her leftover food and go give it, give it to the homeless. She did anyway. She went, she gave people blankets. She gave, you know, people food. She went to um, visit people in prison and they would request her to come back. And I'm like, they're requesting you to come back. Yeah. I, I went to the prison with her a couple of times and she was like totally amazing. I'm like, where are we right now? And um, so like, but she made a difference and like so many people's lives are changed, even though she's not here the seeds that she planted in people are like blossoming right now, um, including the seeds that she planted in me. And so that is one thing that encourages me to go on is the, remem- the, the remembrance of, you know, that example and how you can change lives with the smallest things. Just Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's so key too, is uh, it's just a little bit of kindness. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a, a huge dose, like over the top, like donating a billion dollars to a cause. It doesn't have to be that dramatic, but the it smallest act. I want to do that, Cody. Is that okay? Hey, <laughs> so, hey, so I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you don't have to start there. Right, right. You know, what one dollar can do a lot. So uh, did I ever tell you that I wanted to become a billionaire? No, I don't think you told me that, but I'm not surprised either. Okay. So like I have this, um, 
goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would like to become a billionaire. And like, so when I say that to people, sometimes people kind of think I'm crazy. Cause they're like, how in the world are you going to become a billionaire? I don't know yet. However, I know why I want to be because I have a vision and it's not about living in a big fancy house and it's not about driving a nice car. Mind you, I will have a nice house and I will have a nice car. However, I want to have enough money in the bank to where I can pick up the phone and say, hey, I need you to send a crew over to Africa with me and dig some wells because they need some clean water over there. Hey, can you send a crew over to India and take this many thousand pounds of food because some people are hungry over there? Hey, we got some human trafficking going on over here. I need to send a crew over here to handle this. So I need, I mean, that stuff is not cheap. And I need the type of money where I can go build some orphanages, I can build some houses, I can build some communities, I can educate some people, I can help people who would never have an opportunity for an education with, you know, one phone call to where they can dip into my bank account, take whatever they need, get it done, and there's not even a dent in that account because I want to be a world changer on a global level. I want to do some stuff, you know, to shake this world up. Absolutely. And you will. That's, that's what I know. I mean, you've written the success formula in your book, how to do it. You've had the interviews with the people. And and the thing that you and I both know is that it's only a matter of time. Once you have the formula, it's only a matter of time to get there. So I know you're going to do it. I have no doubts in my mind. Believe. I feel like Neo in the matrix. (laughs) I am the one. Okay, I just need to get my sunglasses so I can be Morpheus, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. You know, and it's so funny because I think, and well, I have a quote at the beginning of every chapter of the the book, Muscle Memory Millionaire. And uh, I think it's in the first chapter. I'm not sure, but I quote actually Morpheus and Neo. Yep, you're right. It's the first chapter. Yeah, when they're doing the, the, it's from when they did the jump program, and mm-hmm. and Neil's bleeding when he wakes up, and he's like, "I thought it wasn't real," and Worth is like, "The mind makes it real." So mm-hmm. that's that, that's really really powerful. Also, if I could say, uh, if anybody does want to go get a copy of the book, um, you can get it at Amazon.MuscleMemoryMillionaire.com. That's Amazon musclememorymillionaire.com and I hope you uh, read it. I hope you enjoy it and once you read it, if you get anything from it, please, you know, leave a review. Absolutely and it's definitely worth it. It's 100% worth getting this book. Trust me, you're going to love it. So (laughs) yeah, so Dee, is there anything that you want to leave with everybody before we rewrap up? Um, Yes, I do. Um, One is, this is an absolute order. This is not a request. Do it or else. Yes. Always shoot for the moon. And if you miss, at least you'll be among the stars. And um, I also want to give you a gift. It's a free vision board downloadable template. So you can get your free vision board and your free plan of action board. I have my vision board and I have like a picture of the vision, how much I need coming in into my business on the month of Drew. And I have a whole like different squares of them on giant three foot by four foot poster court board. So you can actually take the PowerPoint slides that I created, 
put your own pictures in, put your own monthly dollar amounts in, and then you can line them up like a Microsoft publisher if you have that. And you can just line them up on a three foot by four foot, just, you know, change the layout. And then you can save it as a PDF, send it over to the printer, and they will print it out for you on the cork board. And you can have a full color, uh, beautiful, gigantic vision board in your home. And then there's a plan of action board template, which each square on a plan of action board should coordinate to one square on the vision board on the different actions that you're going to need to make that particular vision come to pass. Because we need action with our visions for them to actual come to fruition. So um, that you can get that at vision.successcreationacademy.com. That's vision.successcreationacademy.com. And then um, as we end, Cody is going to give you some information. I have a couple of things coming up for you. One is an information webinar where I share tons of information. Like you can take the webinar and never take my class and actually leave there with the knowledge to publish a book. So that's free and Cody's gonna share with you a little bit later the link where you can register for that free webinar. And then we're going to also share a link with you. Actually, if you just know that you wanna register for the class, it's called the Ultimate Book Publishing Blueprint, how to self-publish in 60 days or less. Like I said, with global distribution, I take your hand, walk you through step by step. And most of all, I hold you accountable. I'm really nice, but I can be mean when I need to be. <laughs> I'm not really mean, but you know, I'll just kind of whip you and then put some some salve on your wounds. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, when you were doing nothing before, or you had your manuscript, you lost your manuscript, or you started it, you didn't finish it, or maybe you have no idea, you just know that you want to publish a book, but you haven't been making progress, I'm going to hold you accountable to making progress, and we're going to get it done because 2020 is the year. And uh, that's why I said, let 2020, make 2020 your year of plenty. Your year of plenty. I love it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what comes, not just out of this year, because I think this year is going to be very monumental for a lot of mm -hmm. people, but I think this whole decade is about oh. to be extremely monumental. I'm, oh. I'm so excited to see what happens over the next 10 years. I'm going to be off the hook and don't hang me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. All right, Dee. Well, thank you so much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure as it always is with you. And uh, you're absolutely wonderful. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always wonderful and a joy to sit down and talk with you about all of the wonderful and positive things that are exploding out of you as a superstar that you are. And you just have such a heart for people and for entrepreneurship. And um, just like you just showed, you're very humble. And that makes you even more lovable. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm touched. You give me far too much credit than, I'm, than, than it's worth. But I really do appreciate it. Oh, no, no, you. No, no, no. forward to listening to some of your other podcasts you have such wonderful guests on and um, like I said I'm just super excited to be here so everybody take care thank you for tuning in can't wait to connect with you and see you out there doing it take care to you as well Dee okay bye love peace and hair grease <laughs> ciao thanks for listening to this episode of the leadership guide now, Dee mentioned that I'd be giving all of you guys links to some incredible programs that she has. The first link is for a free publishing webinar for anyone who's looking to become an author in 2020. 
The webinar is on January 28th, 2020 at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time and can be found by going to http semicolon slash slash bit.ly slash leadership publishing webinar. The other link she wanted me to give you guys is to register for her brand new online course called the Ultimate Book Publishing Blueprint, which will show you how to self-publish in 60 days or less with global distribution. The link is http semicolon slash slash bit.ly slash leadership publishing course. Both of those links will be listed in the show notes. Now, please make sure to go onto your favorite podcast player of choice and there rate the show, then subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Then, if you truly want to be a legendary leader, share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted because legendary leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you will want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where legendary leaders are born. The League of Legendary Leaders also has a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofits that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including homelessness, neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get Free Guidance Now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, and I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you, and listen closely, it's time. Wake up your heroic potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties, and let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader. Emerge and become who you were meant to be. 